Good scientist served the martyrs of science. The article adds ominously that the poison squad always leave the table a little hungry. While the men benefited from free rent and a bit of prestige in the press, none of them were given individual credit for their work. To this day, most of their names are unknown. In a statement, Wiley told the press that his experiments were never carried to the extreme. As the poison squad continued their work, however, the poisons they ate began to wear on them. By 1903, they'd been eating increasing amounts of borax, one of the most common preservatives at the time, with their meals for almost a year. Fed up, the poison squad went on strike that May. The evening news wrote that the 12 men at the borax table refused to take any more borax in the summer months. Apparently, it was too much to go through the discomfort in the heat. Wiley compromised a bit. Seven men agreed to eat the borax until late June, and the scientist consented to end the experiment early. After the tumultuous borax experiment drew to a close, Wiley determined that, yes, borax caused severe stomach aches, loss of appetite, and headaches, rendering his subjects unfit for work of any kind. Despite this, Wiley had no trouble getting new men to sign up for his next food additive experiment, salicylic acid. During those trials, however, Wiley was forced to abandon his tests to let the group recover. By the end of the Poison Squad's existence in 1907, those who didn't withdraw from the experiments completely were observed to be on a slow approach towards death after eating long-term doses of the various additives. Formaldehyde, which was often used in dairy products, strained the kidneys and made the test subjects sick. Benzoate caused unhealthy weight loss and blood vessel damage. When one squad member died of tuberculosis, allegedly after being weakened from poison, his family threatened to sue. Finally, after five years of testing dangerous ingredients, Wiley decided he had gathered enough evidence that these common food additives were hurting people. Meanwhile, the General Federation of Women's Clubs and the National Association of Colored Women had long advocated for issues that affected women and their homes, including preserved food. Women's groups hit the streets with food safety pamphlets and classes in multiple languages intended to warn women of the dangers that lurked in common products. As the public's outrage against unregulated additives began a slow boil, Alice Lakey from the General Federation of Women's Clubs began a letter-writing campaign in support of the Pure Food and Drug Act, which would stop companies from adding untested chemicals and fillers like sawdust to the meals of families. As Wiley gained prominence for his Poison Squad success, he joined forces with the women's food safety cause, which was proving highly influential, despite believing that women were not intended by nature to follow in the pursuits of men. In 1905, Lakey became the head of the Pure Food Committee. She and Wiley brought the letters of support to President Roosevelt, and later, at a congressional hearing regarding the Pure Food and Drug Act, these letters played a key role. Wiley later credited Lakey and other women with the act's success, saying the passage of the bill was due to the women's clubs of the country. The Pure Food and Drug Act was passed in 1906, setting a precedent for the later Food, Drug, and Cosmetics Act and the Food and Drug Administration, FDA. The law prevented the manufacture, sale, or transportation of adulterated or misbranded or poisonous or deleterious foods, drugs, or medicines, and liquors. Any food or drug product sold in the United States now had to include all its ingredients, including a percentage of narcotics, if relevant, on the label for the consumer. Wiley's work even inspired a fad for local and industry-specific poison squads. A year after his experiments ended, a new week-long poison squad to test preservatives formed in New York City. Dried fruit packers made their own poison squad to retest sulfites in their products, which Wiley had criticized. 
a coffee poison squad later recorded the effects of caffeine. In 1913, the Pittsburgh Press wrote that the poison squad of the City Department of Health was visiting local ice cream shops, assuring everyone that ice creams and sodas appeared to be safe. While Wiley's earlier career had hinged on poisoning his own vigorous employees, in later years he became even more focused on the crusade against the consumption of untested preservatives and drugs. Between 1912 and 1930, Wiley headed the laboratories at the Good Housekeeping Institute, which tested household and food products, which is still done to this day. Every time we peek at the mile-long list of ingredients in a packaged muffin and note that chalk is not one of them, we owe our thanks to the young men who bravely swallowed poisonous additives on behalf of American consumers.